Welcome to The Extra, the show that connects you with the issues, topics, and people that are important to you. And and certainly any time that you're talking about how the tourist trade is doing in Southern Colorado, you can't speak about that without hand-in-hand recognizing the role that the Colorado Springs Airport plays in it. And over the past couple of years, we have seen changes and improvements at the Colorado Springs Airport that are really a sight to behold, and, and also something that uh, will give travelers more options uh, when they're looking at ways to travel in and out of Southern Colorado. So joining us this morning for the regular Visit Colorado Springs organization's regular appearance, we have Doug Price, who's the president and CEO of Visit COS. Hi there, Doug. Happy Monday, Shannon. Hello, it is a happy Monday, uh, and it feels really fresh and refreshing, you know, as we're going into this new year. So uh, we also have Joe Neville, who is the Air Service Development Manager at the Colorado Springs, joining us to talk about all the things that are fresh and happening at the Colorado Springs Airport, also known as Colorado's Small Airport. Joe, welcome to the show. Hi, Shannon. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. You bet. Well, Joe, let's start off with you. Let's talk about how uh, Colorado Springs Airport, also known as Colorado Small Airport, serves the community and and grows along with our reputation as an ideal destination. Thanks, Shannon. And I'll refer to it as COS or COS sometimes. Uh, But we work closely at the airport with the city, uh, visit Colorado Springs, of Doug, of the Chamber, and EDC, major businesses on support of air service. That's really critical to our airlines. Uh, we also work on community projects, advertising, and more. Anything that moves our air service along and helps us fill the seats that we do have. Uh, we're, we're fully supported by the businesses we create, uh, meaning that as more people fly out of Colorado Springs Airport, we can continue to become bigger, better, and continue to attract even more service. Um, just looking at this year, how we're doing, um, our seats are up significantly over pre-pandemic levels, uh, 2019. In fact, we're one of the top airports in the country in terms of percent seat increase. Um, our seats this year, this past year, were up 38% over 2019, and we saw a 28% increase in passengers. So we've seen, seen really big increases in seats and passengers, and our load factors or percent seats filled continue to grow. And that dynamic is is evident in uh, several markers that we can use to maybe uh, indicate where that growth or how that growth is happening. Doug, I understand uh, the most recent space symposium is one of those markers we can look at that gives some indications. You're right. And you know, Shannon, not to be a broken record, but for people who have, you know, are used to hearing us talk each month, One of the consistent themes that you and I talk about is uh, a service that's good for visitors is also good for our residents. And this, Fly COS is just a a really good example of that. And we do know the, the tracking that was done by the folks at the Space Foundation that put on Space Symposium said that in 2022, it was the first year that more of their delegates flew in to COS than for and then Denver for Space Symposium. And that's mm-hmm. huge because it's a it's an international event. And so to see it kind of return to its full capacity and that our airport helped that in a big way, 
uh, is, was really, really encouraging. And, and so it's also proof as we talk to other groups and event organizers that are looking to bring things to Colorado Springs that we can say that our airport uh, has proven that they can really handle large-scale events and, uh, and help us as we, uh, as we grow tourism. Right, right. And, and growing tourism sometimes comes with uh, tourism pains, you know. I mean, Colorado Springs yeah. Airport faced some of the same pains that uh, DIA did when it came to Southwest Airlines issues that they had over the uh, start of the new year, but uh, nowhere near as difficult, I don't think. Uh, Joe, as the airport develops and grows, uh, so does the area around it, right? Right, Shannon. We've seen a lot of growth around the airport, especially in the southeast quarter of the city. Um, I know if you guys have been out out to this area, you've seen Amazon, the really, really large fulfillment center. But that area, the Peak Innovation Park, um, that's actually on airport property, continues to grow. We've seen a lot of development there, and there's a lot more to come. Um, but air, airlines really watch that growth, too. And when we talk to airlines at conferences and other, other means, um, we're always bringing up that growth because that growth around the airport, you know, it creates traffic or passengers that would use the airport. And so it's really, really important. And the other thing about, you know, Peak Innovation Park, which is a big development, you know, we've got Aerospace Corporation there, Amazon, uh, Marriott Hotel is now under construction and much, much more to come. But a lot of that revenue that's on the airport, um, that goes back into the airport and helps us keep our costs low for our airlines, which also then entices them uh, to develop and grow, grow service here more at this airport. So really, it's kind of like a cycle, but mm. we're seeing that the growth around the airport is is very substantial, and we're really communicating that to our airlines so they're aware of all that. Okay. Well, and we're, we're definitely going to be touching on that throughout this hour of conversation. But Doug, uh, one thing that I know you wanted to talk about is a museum that's right there also uh, that, uh, you know, should be attracting uh, probably even more people than it does. Well, the National Museum of World War II Aviation is truly the definition of a hidden gem. And it, it's been open now. It opened in 2012, and it, and it tells the story of, you know, all the, the advancements in aviation during World War II and the sacrifices of the men and women who helped us win that air war. Uh, it, it, one of the reasons you're, you're right, Shannon, is that not everybody sees it. And it, it literally is tucked back there behind uh, where the Radisson Hotel and the airplane restaurant are. So you don't go down Powers and, and go to the airport. It, it, it has there's a great website, and it's World War and two is II. So it's WorldWarIIAviation.org. And anybody who is a, has visitors coming to town, uh, I would encourage you to to put that on your list of places to go. It's it really is a it's a great working museum. All right, fantastic. Well, we we do need to take a break here, gentlemen. When we come back, let's talk about uh, how supporting travel through Colorado Springs Airport actually benefits the airport. Uh, the number of flights that are offered, the airlines that are interested in serving Southern Colorado, and more and more. That and more coming up. So it's all coming back to that whole look before you book slogan, isn't it, gentlemen? We have another <laughs> segment coming up. Keep on listening to KRDO News Radio.
Back with the extra and our show focusing on the Colorado Springs Airport, also known as Colorado's small airport. And, you know, everybody appreciates uh, those who support the small airport. And because we can call it small, that's not a diminutive name. It's a, a connotation of ease, of convenience, of less crowdedness, of being able to get from the parking lot to your gate in probably, I wouldn't even say half the time, maybe a quarter of the time uh, compared to going to uh, the bigger airport in Colorado. And we're seeing Colorado Springs Airport booking even more flights in and out uh, this year. So Doug, let's talk about why this support, why supporting local is so important. Well, I think that one of the questions that comes up to Joe and Greg and the team at the airport, as, as well as is us here visit Colorado Springs, is, is when are you going to add more flights? <laughs> when are you going to put more dots on the map, as they say? And we know that the more seats <clears throat> that we fill, that listeners here fill coming, uh, going in and out of Colorado Springs, uh, the more the airport is able to grow. And just before we went to break, Shannon, you, you threw out that, that, term, you know, look before you book. And, you know, Joe, what I am going to suggest we add is one word to that phrase, and it would be look hard before you book, because it really is becoming more and more uh, accessible to uh, to people to, to fly out of COS. Yeah, I had one very regretful it was late night, but it was so late night that it was actually an early morning drive back from DIA where I'm kicking myself, I'm knocking myself in the head going, I did not look before I booked. What was I thinking? And, what was uh, I thinking? you know, that pretty much, uh, you know, cured me of that. I was so tired, so exhausted, had not looked, could have been in Colorado Springs, could have been in my nice, comfy, warm bed by that time. And instead, I'm yeah. still driving around <laughs> 2 a.m. in the morning. Um, so, so, Joe, uh, what is it about airlines and how they gauge success uh, with an airport as a destination and as a, a, a departure point that actually uh, breeds more success? Well, look, thanks, Shannon. And, you know, Southwest, when they came in here, brought in around 1,800 departing seats a day. Um, so a lot of seats, so big investment. And they're really looking at how uh, at demand and how we fill those seats after they've put them in. And, you know, if we fill the seats and usually they're looking for like around 85% load factor is really, really good. Um, then they're going to notice that and then respond by increasing frequencies, more seats, or even potentially some new routes. Um, you know, prior to the pandemic, uh, Colorado Springs airport was filling about 84% of its seats. That's called a load factor. And we're kind of getting close to that level now. Uh, we think that 22 is going to come out, or 2023, rather, will be around 82%. We really kind of want to get back to 85 But when airlines see those seats really being filled and producing good revenue, then they're going to notice that and then respond by either increasing seats, maybe adding a flight, or like I said, uh, looking at potentially adding a new market. Mm. Uh, and and you're constantly engaged with all the airlines too, so it's not just uh, you know the ones that are existing in the flights that we have. Right, right. So our staff here at Colorado Springs Airport, uh, we have an air service uh, development team, 
Um, and we're engaged with the airlines all the time. We're at conferences with them, talking face to face. We're on, you know, talking to them, talking to them weekly, seeing what, letting them know what we're seeing in the market. Um, but we're talking to them about new routes, new flights, uh, what's going on in the community. Um, as an example, you know, Delta and Sun Country Airlines, Sun Country's new this year, uh, are starting Minneapolis St. Paul this summer. And we've been talking to those airlines for quite a while. So it's really, you know, a marathon, not a sprint in developing air service here at the airport. And odds are that if you've ever dreamt of flying somewhere out of Colorado Springs, uh, we've talked about it with airlines. Um, we're always looking for opportunities to grow and better serve our customers here in the Springs. Um, and then one other point, um, you know, airlines are constantly evaluating new route or increased capacity opportunities across the country. But keep in mind, there's hundreds of other air service markets in the U.S. that we're competing with for both their aircraft and airline resources. So it's clearly almost like a use it or lose it situation uh, where if we don't fill the seats, then those seats could go to another market. Mm, yeah, yeah, I've worked in a number of those uh, smaller markets, whether it's, you know, Sacramento, Spokane, uh, Reno, <clears throat> Nevada. Uh, and, right. and, you know, it, like you say, the competition, we're their competition and they're ours. And, uh, you know, all it takes is, uh, you know, maybe some some people not looking before they book for for those airlines to maybe think they need to uh, readjust uh, how they're allocating right. their airplanes and crews. Now, Doug... Uh, uh, fewer people apparently are driving to Denver to fly than we've seen in years past. Yeah, without beating this horse to death, the thing that I would want listeners to know is that the airlines and the they they, they measure where tickets are purchased and then how far people will travel to an airport. And thanks largely to Southwest Airlines, um, that that percentage of people who live in the springs and go to Denver to fly is shrinking. And so we know that that was one of the mandates that we heard from Southwest when they uh, started to look seriously at coming here, is how we could reduce the leakage from Colorado Springs up to Denver. And, you know, we should just take the opportunity to say thanks for those who are listening who live here who are, in fact, looking hard before they book and are using the Colorado Springs Airport more and more. Right. Especially uh, for business travelers, I think it makes so much more sense. And, uh, you know, I, I can speak from experience in our family that uh, at a certain point it was, you know, it was a very nice welcome change to have so many options out of Colorado Springs and into Colorado Springs. And, and I think that uh, availability of options is really what helped a lot of people just turn the corner and say, okay, that's it. I'm done yeah. making that drive. Um, we need to take a break here, gentlemen. When we come back, let's continue with this conversation. Talk about the advantages of flying in and out of COS uh, compared to our neighbor to the north. That when we come back with the extra, keep on listening to KRDO News Radio. Welcome back. And today, our focus, our topic, 
here on the extra is the Colorado Springs Airport. You know, uh, often through our conversations here on the extra, I, we try to make sure that we are being as balanced, as fair, as open to everything as possible. But one thing I think uh, in Southern Colorado uh, we can agree on is that uh, a vital community is one that is seeing growth, that is seeing uh, measured growth and very considered growth, but also growth in industries, uh, because you don't want to see industries uh, get stagnant or or maybe even slip. And one area where that is really uh, apparent, how vital growth is to keeping our community, uh, you know, on the uh, better edge of economic uh, prosperity and development is definitely in how it's served by its airport. And so we've been talking with our guest today, Doug Price, President and CEO of Visit Colorado Springs, as well as Joe Neville, Air Service Development Manager at the Colorado Springs Airport, about those issues and reasons for it. And Joe, let's talk about some of the advantages of flying out of COS or into COS compared to Denver. Let's talk about those. Sure, Shannon. Um, and I think a lot of people know this, but you know, one of the best things when I take a trip and I fly back into Colorado Springs Airport from the time the plane parks to the time I'm home, it's about 20, 25 minutes. So really short drives compared to like, you know, an hour, hour and a half, hour and a half plus uh, to DIA. Um, one other thing is, you know, we have really affordable uh, parking here at Colorado Springs Airport. Short-term rates are only a uh, daily maximum of $12 and long-term, which is close to further out from the terminal, is um, $8. Um, and then the other thing that I love is, um, you know, the journey or the walk from the airport through security or gate is quick and painless. Um, I usually say about 15 minutes, but I don't want to tell everyone to arrive that early. <laughs> but, um, you know, still arrive early, but it's it's so easy. Um, and then the short walk from the parking lot to the single terminal, we don't have multiple terminals. You don't have to take a train um, or any form of transportation. It's just super easy to use this airport. Right. Hey, Joe, I was wondering about this because I have traveled during the holiday season, but it was during the pandemic in and out of Colorado Springs Airport. And uh, even my parking, it, it was probably on the farther edge of the parking area, mm-hmm. but I still was able to find a slot. Um, right. Have you reached a point ever during the holidays where you're getting to the point where parking is filling full is full and you have to turn people away or are we still not at that point of travel in terms of peak travel yet well it it has happened last year i think we did reach peak but we do have overflow parking ready in case that does happen and that's really close to the terminal as well um, with a shuttle um so it doesn't happen real often, but it does happen. But I'd also like to say that the, the fact that that is happening indicates that our traffic, you know, we've seen increased traffic rates here at the airport. Right. And, and Doug, we we understand that it's not just all of us who are maybe heading on trips somewhere else. It's also our loved ones or friends or business associates who are coming here to visit, right? Well, you know, Shannon, research does show that the number one reason that people travel to Colorado Springs and the Pikes Peak region is to visit friends and family. And so that really puts listeners to this show 
um, in a position of being an ambassador for us and, and, and having you tell your friends and family to, you know, to look before they book into Denver, to look hard at Colorado Springs because the way you speak and talk about the experiences that you've had at, at our air, airport uh, will make a big difference on where they look. Right, right. And and certainly we can't talk about this uh, this uh, dynamic without also recognizing the important role that the addition of Southwest Airlines has played in the development of Colorado Springs Airport. Wouldn't you think, Joe? Absolutely. It's been critical and they've played a huge part in that. All of our airlines are important. Uh, but, you know, South Colorado Springs had been trying to secure Southwest Airlines for over 20 years. Uh, Southwest representatives, senior executives came into town in October of 21 and allowed us to make our case and try to convince them to add service. wasn't a done deal. We had to convince them. And we joined with, uh, you know, Colorado Springs Springs Airport joined with Visit Colorado Springs, Chamber and EDC, major hotels, and partnered to convince them. And it just goes to show that there was a lot of work behind the scenes to make it happen. And Southwest didn't come in here with five flights or, you know, six. They came in here with 13, which of all the cities they added in the pandemic, which were 18, only three other cities got more flights than we did. So it really showcased that Southwest believes in this market. Mm, And I'm thinking what a difference uh, it makes when you have like the mayor on your side, too. I'm remembering, I I, I think it was, what, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, when Colorado was being considered uh, as an Olympic uh, site, right, Doug? Tell me if I'm wrong on this. And someone in leadership said, no, we don't want it. And that kind of killed it. Yeah, that I, you're you're dating yourself, but yes, you're right. That it was a, it was a ways a ways back, but yeah, it's still uh, still a big part that is remembered by people. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Now, when you're talking though about doing this in the midst of the pandemic, Joe, um, right. you know it, that. That is uh, something that was very disruptive to airlines, and we saw kind of a similar disruption happening uh, with uh, Southwest Airlines just in the recent weeks. So I guess how does an airport like Colorado Springs uh, respond when you're dealing with some of these disruptions? So, right, Shannon. I mean, unfortunately, we did have the big winter storm over the holidays and a nationwide disruption. Uh, A big part of that was Southwest. You know, as a smaller airport, uh, we're very fortunate that we were able to recover quickly and get back on track. As far as disruptions, we were kind of in line with the rest of the country, but we're small and we could respond quickly. Um, And then, you know, all of our airlines, including Southwest, uh, we're back to normal, uh, I think, by uh, New Year's, and we've seen no significant disruptions since then. Uh, but you, overall, you know, this, aside from this disruption over the holidays, um, you know, Southwest's impact on Colorado Springs, on the economy, on the airport has been overwhelmingly positive, I'd say. In terms of uh, flights and, and pricing, would you say that's true? That is absolutely true. You know, if you, can, if you look at um, domestic fares out of Colorado Springs, data that's out there from the DOT, um, Colorado Springs fares are closer to Denver than they've been in a really, really long time. And so that is a little bit of the secret sauce behind, 
Colorado Springs Airport being successful and Southwest being successful here is fares are more aligned with Denver now than they have been in the past. And that helps us keep passengers and traffic here at this airport versus driving to Denver. All right. Well, we have much more to cover in this hour of conversation. Um, I, I think I, I'm not alone in saying that travel is something that, uh, you know, I really enjoy doing. I know our listeners enjoy doing it if they have the means. And, and when you're talking about making things more convenient and bringing the prices down, that opens up travel to more people and opens up more travel to people who like to travel, who already travel. So uh, all wins there. We need to take short break when we come back more from joe and doug and the colorado springs airport welcome back to the extra as we continue our conversation today with doug price and joe neville joe's with the airport and and joe we've been talking about some of the advantages and some of the uh economic analysis that goes into uh, why airlines decide to uh, move into this market, why they decide to add flights into this market, and, and why uh, all of us need to, it sounds like, do our part to make sure that those flights don't go away. <laughs> um, right. and, and And before we talk to you about more on that, Doug, let's talk about, I mean, uh, for anyone who's lived in Colorado Springs and traveled through Colorado Springs, uh, in recent years and even beyond. This is a very different airport than it was pre-COVID, right? Well, you're right. Not only, you know, if, if, if you haven't been there, it, it really is different. There's now an on-site rental. There's valet parking. There's ground transportation with Mountain Metro Transit to, to uh, downtown. So, yes, the, if you have not had the opportunity to fly COS uh, before, since the uh, COVID and the pandemic, that yes, we we have a a, a brand new airport, and uh, let's we can talk some more about that now. And and, and Joe, let's talk about what's new. What's twenty twenty three going to bring? Well, so we do see more growth ahead for the Colorado Springs Airport this year. Um, you know, we've been working, like we said, with our carriers for a while, and we continue to engage. Um, so this year we'll see, uh, starting this summer, Delta is reinstating nonstop service to Atlanta. Um, that'll be great, not just for the Atlanta market, but to connecting to the southeast and Florida. Um, Delta is also adding nonstop service to Minneapolis-St. Paul starting this summer in June. And then we have a new airline starting at Colorado Springs Airport in June. Sun Country Airlines is coming to Colorado Springs Airport and also flying to Minneapolis-St. Paul seasonally uh, through the summer. They are an ultra-low-cost carrier focused on leisure travel. Um, and then also, like, airport improvements uh, starting this year. We, As Doug mentioned, we have valet parking. Um, we'll also be kicking off a multi-year concourse modernization project this year that's focusing on, on modernizing the concourse, better lighting, new flooring, more open feel. Um, and so really some big improvements uh, for the concourse and for the airport that uh, you'll start to see this year. And and for travelers who maybe have physical impairments that may make it right. more difficult for them to get around, uh, that's what some of this modernization is aimed at, at uh, bringing down those barriers, right? 
Right. Part of the concourse modernization will be uh, focused on accessibility across the board. So that's great news for our travelers as well. Yeah. And, and Doug, when, when you talk about uh, accessibility, it's not just uh, in terms of physical needs. It's also making us accessible to travelers, right? Well, we yes. I mean, we are Olympic City USA. And so we are um, we want to make sure that we welcome people of all abilities to our city and region. And so you're, you're absolutely right, Shannon. This is, uh, this is something that, again, is good for travelers as well as giving people who live here uh, a, a sense of pride that our airport uh, in our city is, is welcoming and becoming more and more accessible to everyone. And certainly when you talk about some of the attractions uh, that are close by that, uh, for instance, provide, you know, accessible uh, trails uh, that uh, previously were not uh, so easy for people who uh, might be, you know, paraplegic or such. uh, That's another attraction that can bring people here. And if they find the same ease of access going through the Colorado Springs, it all enhances the experience and and really builds upon the reputation of Colorado Springs as a destination for all. Uh, In this final couple of minutes, I'd like both of you, if you could, just to uh, tell our listeners what you would like their takeaway to be from this hour of conversation. Doug, why don't you go first? You know, Shannon, I I think I'd like to close to build a little bit about what we were just talking about. El Paso County Parks has something called the Terrain Hopper, and it's it's like an ATV that is set up and designed for people who've not been able to go on trails because of their disability. And so you're right. This is this is a place where we want people to know that not only can you come and get welcome, but you can be involved with the other attractions that uh, that make it so special. And you know, the Olympic and Paralympic Museum, as well as the Summit House on top of Pikes Peak, has been getting accolades for their accessibility. So yes, we want to make sure that. Uh, that people know that they can put itineraries together that will be uh, have have people with uh, needs in mind and and be inspirational like uh, Adaman Alley. <laughs> I mean, I'm inspired just looking at that sculpture that goes that crosses the alley. You know where it's it makes me want to go and tackle a mountain right away. Uh, even though I think I need to train a little bit first. All right, and Joe, let's uh, have your uh, minute or so. I think we've got about two minutes left. Uh, why don't you give your takeaway? What you want the audience to take away from this conversation? Thanks, Shannon. And, you know, as the Air Service Development Manager here, you know, Colorado Springs, I just want the community to know, and I think they know, it's just a real gem in our community. I mean, having this type airport that's so convenient, easy to use, really gives you worldwide access with one-stop or non-stop service. Um, you know, we're having, we have more and more air service. We're engaged with our airlines. We believe there's more to come. Um, and part of that is using the airport. So the more we use the airport, the more the carriers will see that that investment that they're making in our community in the airport is successful, they'll retain that service or add or even add more routes. So that's really the key to us getting more air service is to use the service. Um, And really, like we've said several times, look before you book because uh, fares are more competitive now with Denver than they've been in a long, long time. And so, you know, look look around the dates you're traveling, look around the 
the times you're looking because a lot of times you will find a competitive fare. And I'll just leave it with a message of fly cause because let's invest in this airport and and we'll see returns that give us even more air service in the future. So I think some exciting times ahead for this air service market. Yeah, I, I can see the tagline now, visit COS by utilizing COS. <laughs> I, I, probably needs a little bit of refinement there, but uh, you get the point. Anyway, to our guest today, Joe Neville, Air Service Development Manager for the Colorado Springs Airport. Thank you, Joe, for sharing your insights. You're welcome, Shannon. Thank you. And Doug Price, President and CEO of Visit Colorado Springs. As always, we're just so grateful that you join us every month to share your insights and and why uh, just supporting uh, the endeavors of uh, entities like the Colorado Springs Airport are so important to all of us in this community. You're welcome. Thank you, Shannon. And if you'd like to fly, find out more, of course, you can visit uh, visit COS, or also you can uh, check them out online. Same thing with Fly COS. That's your extra for today. You've been listening to KRDO News Radio. I'm Shannon Brinius. Talk to you tomorrow.